You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Avram Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. We've got the kiln fired up. We've got the furnace prepped. We're about to unsheath the laser fire of Tyra. Yes, Rizcha Daraisa is coming your way. But first, you've heard me on this platform touting NRS, a great company whose many dedicated employees I get to see in action. NRS Pay has recently launched its new cost-cutting program called Cash Discount. The way it works is any vendor using NRS Pay Cash Discount has their sale register tabulating automatically a dual pricing, which offers customers a choice of a cash payment, which could result in an up to 4% discount over swiping their card. If your business meets the $18,000 a month threshold, there's absolutely no monthly fee to incur. NRS Pay Cash Discount makes it less expensive to accept credit cards, so you'll save money while helping your customers save at the same time. NRS is offering a time-limited deal right now on this state-of-the-art system. You'll get a free card reader with zero hidden fees, no long-term contract, and no early termination fee, which means you can switch your processing plan without penalty. NRS Pay is a proud part of the IDT Corporation that I've been associated with for over 10 years and has integrity built into its corporate DNA. I know its founder, its officers, and salespeople, and they truly stand by their product and will help you with live stateside-based customer service on any issue or question. Check nrspay.com for more information or call 833-289-2767. And now... Rizcha Daraisa, coming your way. Get ready. If it's Erev Shabbos Kodesh, this must be Rizcha Daraisa. The day after the celebration of Thanksgiving in the United States. We texted each other yesterday about whether it was worth to pick over the bones again of of the Aguda and, and all their misstatements. And again, we, we had our program last week before the Lumdashishtikl Torah that that Rav Aaron Feldman put out his his two gedorim and where pikuach nefesh is not nidcha, and I, I you know when I read it I I I was so angry I knew that it would give Slifkin like you know like shooting it wasn't even like fish in a barrel it was gigantic barracuda uh, that were that were stuffed on turkey that were swimming around that anybody could have taken it apart Slifkin was looking for where is the from. Uh, response, where is the, in the Haredish world, people coming back and pushing back against the Aguda? And he did not mention Rizcha that, of course, was there right away. So, you know, I'm just sort of slighted that we're under Slifkin's radar. Clearly, we were right there. But again, picking over the bones of of of, of, of that debacle, I think, you know, I, I, I'm just worried that, I don't, I don't know if it's worry or a simcha, I, I, I'm sort of in between both. Uh, that that whole uh, brouhaha and many people, I, I think, you know, seals the deal about the uh, good is what word can I say? It How, wasn't that good. It was Rabbi Feldman personally. Right. But the, as one of the lead Rabboni Hamayat says that if, if he was the one who wrote the letter that was Mefarit, the Shita. And that represents basically the Mayetzis of the Gedele, uh, of the Aguda. I, I think it was a very strong blow. And many halls have, uh, have thought, or as uh, Hakarai, it was considered a nail in their coffin of significance. I will tell people, however, that Ron Eisman, he was writing constantly, and he wrote a 13-page diary 
and description of of events that occurred. And it was interesting that it sort of aligned very much with what you were saying last week, that, that people weren't even listening to the Narishkeit that was being offered at, at the podium. It was more about connecting to Klal Yisrael. There are some vignettes, uh, stories that are very heartwarming that Rav Eisman speaks about. Rabbi Adam in the morning said to me this morning, he's a personal friend of Rabbi Aaron Feldman, and he holds him in. But he said, uh, it's about this that um, what bothers him the most is that Rabbi Feldman keeps saying, I've never said in an internal schmooze in the yeshiva as well, which he received from his grandson, that the rally went against our core values. Against our core values. In other words, whatever value the rally had goes against our core values. And as the Swab said, what, what a core value does a rally represent? Pikuach Nevesh of Amisrael, saving Jews? Is that a core, that, that a core value? That, how is that damaging to our core value? But that's in Russian, Rabbi Feldman Hughes, against our core values. Look, I, I think almost every statement has just deepened, like I said, the, uh, the inefficacy of, of, of almost everything that, that, that's being said in this regard. If you read Rabbi Eisman's shtickle, you'll see that there were people who were just rushing out to connect to a Jew, that there were people from all over the country who were moister nefesh, who gave up time, efforts, and, and wanted to connect to people who looked from, who, wanted, who went over to them and said that they were awakened by the anti-Semitism who were changed by the events, who who didn't understand what being a Jew was, felt the reality was the Holocaust. It wasn't just something that was you know in the past and they had to watch Schindler's List. I, I believe that the stories that Rabbi Eisman says are, are, are reflective of a great spirit of Hisaurus. And we talked about that last week in Eretz Yisrael, the Hisaurus of, 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 a, of a different type of tshuva. It sounds it sounds like that's what was motivating this shaggy dog hulking type of event, but you know, as as Rob Eisman says, he says nobody was even curious what was going on up on the stage, and Afo uh, Pikain, there was a Rotson Lisdabik that was immense. Uh, let's talk about just two last talk about two things today. One of your favorite subjects, Rabbi Yosef Gavriel is how significant Hevron is in the evolution of sophisticated Torah learning in the 20th century, and maybe even extending into the 21st century. You, in your career as a machanach, a madrich, a guide to young Talmidim, have consistently stressed how Hevron is, a, uh, is, is the place. But I think what's interesting was is that Hevron produced a Rosh Hashiva who was considered by many a, a spokesperson for the whole gishmak of the Yeshiva Shevelt, and that was Rebarach Mordechai Ezrachi, who was nifter a number of weeks ago, which I think because of the war, it sort of went under the radar. I will tell you that there is a piece that um, is printed in I believe you can find it in in two in, in Hebrew and in English by Baruch Feuchtwanger, and he talks about the shita of the Slabodka aspect of Baruch Mordechai, but not in the Gadlus Adam the way it's usually interpreted. 
let me just say over this little story that that spoke to me quite a bit. I've been basically stuck in this sort of like a hospital room type of situation for a couple of weeks. But one of the few things I was able to get down was soup. And there's a famous story that Rabbi Yaakov Weinberg writes in the Sri Deish about soup that I'll just share with you. The author uh, would say over the the fault of a certain Rebbe. There was a certain Bokhar that because of the Kfira that was being shoylet in the Avir and that's in, in that area, he was clear that he had to leave the leave the derech, that, that he was fascinated by Chachmas Chitzonis and other things. I'll call upon him, he met a certain Rebbe, and the Rebbe spoke to him about Godless Odom, about the Koyach of the Neshama, of what the, of how the Torah responds to us, the, the Shutfus that we have with the Rabbi Shalom and the Bria, the fact that humanity is, and, and how Klal Yisrael is the Kiyom of, of the greatness of humanity, that we are greater than Melochim, the Melochim are Makana us, and it was working. The Bokhar was, was, was taken by this, by this approach. And, and the, and the Rav was being Mamshech and being Mairech, and the Bokhar was Mamish, Mamish, Ot, Ot, ready. So the Rebetzin came in and knocked on the door, and she brought in to the Rav some soup. The Rav had been fasting. The Rav had been Goizer on himself, Tainus for Tshuva, for some other in Yonim, for Klau Yisrael. So this was the first thing he had actually eaten in three days. So they brought him a soup, they put it at the table, and he didn't even eat the soup. He he looked at it. The bocher was still there with him, and he smelled it. And when he smelled it, his face was was transformed by the aroma of the vegetables that were had stirred in the soup, pieces of meat uh, that had added texture, gishmak, and he uttered the abitui, oh reicha milsi, ah reicha milsa. He he wasn't going to have the soup. But it was something for later. Ah, the reyach itself is something. At that point, the bocher said, oh, this is not a malach. And he walked out of the room and he left the derech of Kali So What? Yeah. So the, soup. the story is, is that a rov who is oivid, but derech Hashem and wants to be a dugma, has to indicate to his talmidim that there is hecher vi, er mamash geit zayin malach. I should say that right before he told him a, a whole different shtickle Torah, he told him that this is when, when Chazal say, we're saying that higher than any sort of hanos, is hasoga of the Rabbi Nishayu. And that, that achila itself is only a dugma me'ain, me'ain lamala of what does it mean to be masig, the godless of the Rabbi Nishayu. That all the physical anos that we seem to be so makusher to are only like a remez, as the Shlach Kodesh says, and others to what the real asogas, and that's why the pasuk taka says vayechul vayishtu. So it was right after that shtickle that he that, that the physical soup drew him in. It was then that the 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 illusion was shattered, and and this is what the the altar the way Rabbi Chil Yaakov Weinberg writes. There's no way the story is true. This is the altar's marshal of what a Rebbe has to be. I think the point is clear. Well, what does the Slabodka derech of Gadlos Adam mean? Does it mean... To eat, good, to eat good soup. Yeah, so that is exactly what, if you look in the article, that is part of what he says that Rav Baruch Mordechai was more realistic, that he was known to 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 sit with the Chevra, 
to enjoy Achila Vishtiya, to, to mention Godless Adam consistently, but to say how even, like in a Chesidish way, how even the, the Hanos Hagashmiyams that, that, that we are, have to be connected to, can be elevated, can be a simon of, of greatness. Okay, so he is, he goes, the story goes against that, right? If I understand correctly. In other words, stand in B'derech Klau, the way Rav Yechiel Yaakov Weinberg and others say Godless Adam is, the way they said, the Alter Snodvodka said Godless Adam is, is that it consistently pushes a elevated sense of humanity that is, is so oich and that needs to be maintained. And therefore, if the person who is who is is the conveyor of that idea? The person who is trying to be ma'ir others allows Talmidim to see that. That itself breaks the musag. Of course, they know that the Rebbe is is eating somewhere, but to see it, that can't be part of the pedagogical appearance of the Rebbe towards his students. Th- that is what the altar held, according to Rabbi Chil Yaakov Weinberg. According to Baruch Mordechai, we could still use the kernels of Godless Adam. We could still stress it because it is a very powerful message. It explains so much of, of Sipuri Atayra in terms of Bereshis, in terms of the demands of Emes and other things, but it doesn't demand that we look at human beings as as completely, completely Mufka from Geshem, that we have to see how connected we are and how real and we have to be realistic in, in that world that we live in. And supposedly that is what uh, Rabbi Feichtwanger writes is one of the greatness of Rabbi Baruch Mordechai. Chutz from his, his Derech Halimut. Rabbi Baruch Mordechai was, uh, was started at New Asmei Torah. I don't know exactly what they did, but evidently he did try and, and bring some achdus to the yeshiva world and some idealism to the yeshiva world. I don't know if he succeeded, but he did try. The Israelis definitely felt him as a magnetic presence. I'm not sure if he spoke so much to the American guys. It's interesting, again, that um, you know, maybe because of his ill health, was was there some discussion of he, uh, after Gershon was Nifter, was there some discussion that he would now be the the, the, the Deizog, or they knew he wasn't? It, it, no, it can't be said from Mishan, it has to be said from Debra. It has to, it has to be, be Rivlando. It can't be, it can't be somebody who's as a yeshiva somewhere else. Right. So it was, in other words, it's more, it's again, it's B'nai Brak against Yerushalayim. A little bit bit more complex than that, but yes, B'nai Brak, in the past few years, the mantle, since Rabbi Yashiv, the mantle passed from Yerushalayim to B'nai Brak. Yeah, I should, by the way, just mention in this regard a uh, a book that I ordered in my illness. My good friend Eitan Kobri has written a book about Rabbi Shmuel Orbach. In your illness, do you mean that you ordered it when you were under the influence of a fever? Well, I was saying is, yeah, yeah, I would have ordered it probably anyway, but you can't learn Teira. You can listen to Rizcha Daraisa. You can order books. You know, you can, you can do things that in some ways have some connection to, uh, to, to Teira, even though it's not necessarily, you don't make a Brochan Limit Teira. But I should mention my, my, my friend who uh, has written a book about Rav Shmu Orbach. And I think, you know, Rav Shmu Orbach and his struggle. But, you know, the fact that, you know, he was marginalized, I think part of what, if people are interested in in, in knowing about the marginalization of of Rabbonim, Chshuvim, or Shashivas, um, you know, I think the story of Rav Orbach is probably an important... I don't know, it was, I don't know it was marginalized. It wasn't marginalized. He put himself, first of all, put himself on the margin. 
Because he put himself, he made himself in charge of Pele. But besides that, he had a very, very funny Shiva. I don't know what the problem is. The, if you have, you have a situation where, where Bituyim like Zuck and Mamre are, are bandied about, about him, I think that's quite a, a terrible thing. And, uh, enough said. You believe it was it was right for Rav Chaim to say yes. Why was it that Rav Chaim on record? Because Rav- of Rav Shmuel Bach Bilud started Pelag. He started this splinter group on the right of the the, the, the Torah, which started with all sorts of tactics and all sorts of statements, which were well beyond already already the Torah was well beyond the Guna towards the right. But he went even further, and he encouraged these uh, these protests. That people sit down in the middle of the street and stop buses and stop traffic in order that Mr. Bakum shouldn't even register for the army. Wasn't enough that they didn't go to the army, they shouldn't even register for the army. And the the Machlaikas and Panovich between the two factions. There's also a Machlaikas between Peleg and, and everybody else. So this is even the Lotion, Peleg, right? He Pelgut. They the the whole idea was to um, create a, a, a more a, a ideologically pure, although I think it's ideologically impure, faction. Now, Rabbi Shmuel, it's unfortunate because it was a tremendous time of call, and he should not have been involved. So uh, somebody said, I thought, I think you even said this years ago. He said that since he had no kids, after his wife died, there was nobody to hold him back. You said that thing about him, about the Lubavitcher Rebbe. I did speak about Rabbi Shmuel not having children. Yes, I did. And I did, and I, I, it was an observation that was said by one of a, a close Talmud of his. It was not said by me. It was a close Talmud of his. And you're right. I'm, I'm surprised you do remember some things that I say. However, the, the term. I try not to, but sometimes it slips through. Yeah. Okay. However, the term Zuck and Mamre is a very loaded one. Halachically, of course, it has to do with being chaylik on the asidus of Teresha Balpeh that the Sanhedrin is Moira. And the fact that you went against the Gedele Yisrael or the, the. Not against all Gedele Yisrael, against Rav Against Rav Steinman doesn't, you can't be called a Zok and Mamre. A Zok and Mamre is a, as we said, and for Rav Chaim. Small called somebody a Zok and Mamre, I forget who. Why, why do you feel a need to protect, you know, you do this very often. You can't, you take the most untenable positions and you decide that you're going to die on the, these hills. In other words, you're going to protect the people who are, had untenable, radical, or reactionary positions, and you say, no, yes, Lord, and the Kapskus. I can also do Kapskus. I don't think with Shemaim, they'll be, they'll be lenient with him, of course. But as we have to recognize that something significant happened, and till this day, we suffer from this. You have people like this Rabbinim Schreiber who got up last week and said very non- nonsensical and irrational things about uh, the uh, about Chilonim uh, and about Sa'al and all these uh, and uh, this is all a tremendous avra which this Peleg has created. Okay, and we can reach the United States with Malkiel Cutler. My quibble, my problem is with the people who were filming Rav Chaim and being Mefarsimit. I love Rav Chaim. You see, he was right. Look what happens. We didn't speak about this Rav Bunim Schreiber. The idea of, again, you have to be Zohir, and to to use the term Zok and Mamre is... is, is, the, is, is I think Rav Chaim is more Zohir than either of us. And to use the term Zok and Mamre means that he meant it. 
clearly, halachically, you need a lot of tenoyim to get the getter of a zokin mamre, which... You see from Shmuel, it's not a... It's, it's when Shmuel used the term zokin mamre, I fell on my way, it means that you, still, you could use it in an extended sense, not in the narrow sense of zokin mamre, a pidin tayra. Let me just end today with a thought. I think that's what that means you're conceding the point. I, like I said, I, I, I believe that Chachomim have to be they could say he's wrong, you shouldn't follow him, but when you say he's a Zokin Mamre, you are making, you are being mafkia him from Klal Yisrael, and the fact that there is this monolithic sense of Das Teira that we're going to follow Rav Shtayim and whoever it is, doesn't give that body a status of Bezdan Agodol or Sanhedrin, it doesn't have a shame cheirim. It, it, it again, it, it, again, it could be, it could be like shiva tuveir. It could be shoyvot and bnei brak. It could halachically, we do know that determinations by a majority of rabbanim or a community leaders have a, a power of a daraisa, like the Ramban says at the end of Sefer Vayikra, in terms of being masber the koach of cheirim. So I agree with that. But the term zok and mamre. Is so loaded that it means that no one cares about Rav Shmuel Orabach's Torah. No one cares about him as a person because he's that he he's like Lieberman. He's like Shia Leibovich. Oh, that's what these idiot kids who are going to grow up are going to hear. Oh, Shmuel Orabach. No, I I can't I can't learn any of his Torah. He's he's the Zokan Mamre, and I think that's terrible. Okay, Rav Shmuel Orbach's Torah should have a hallowed place, the same way the Derech Hamuna and the wonderful. What does that do with his Torah? You can learn his Torah. What does that do with his Torah? Even as Zakim Bami, you're allowed to learn his Torah. Just not allowed to follow his psak. I remember when I was 17 years old, and I was again not not learning in not learning by Rebbeach Mordechai Zrachi, learning in the Mir Yeshiva, and finding places, uh, nooks and crannies to study in, going into Bate Midrashim and Beis Yisrael, and taking out Svarim, and finding, for example, uh, uh, I discovered the Chazayin Avadia, and I found in the Chazayin Avadia, as I'm as I'm going through Gishmaka pieces, the great godless of of, of, of Chochem Avadia, X's. Somebody had taken pens and had X'd out pages and pages and pages and pages of the Sefer because of the, this type of a sense. And, and, and there was like an explanation in the beginning from so whatever it was, why this is off. And then seeing Svarm from Rav Kook, also uh, being uh, being trampled. And so you're telling me, well, people have the ability to understand that even though they were wrong here, we could still learn their Torah. All I can- you know what? This, me the Peleg would encourage that behavior. They'd encourage exorcising Revival Safe and Rav Kook. Much more than the other, the, any other, uh, uh, even Degla That's exactly the point. Peleg was that group which would have taken Rabo Vadia and swept them out right. of the basement. Yeah, okay, but you know what? But Kivalevich would say, that's Geferlach. But I don't want to see that happen to them. I don't want to see it happen that Rav Shmuel, who, who that Rav Shlomo Zalman would go be Shoyel Das by his son because he realized the Amkus that his son had even over himself. That somehow Rav Shmuel. That's a law that's a learning. Right. It's a learning. That's right. That's We're not talking about learning. We're talking about Hanha. Talking about Hanha. Right, right. Prize. But again, people, people are going to remember. Oh, that is something that I, you know, 
that's and again, that's the reason why I think it's a courageous act on it on Eitan's part and the publishers uh, to be able to bring Rav Shmuel and restore uh, who his greatness is that people should understand. You know, I went to Rav Shmuel Eirbach. I, I, I mentioned this in the program before, but bears mentioning this context. When I left Nari Yisrael to go to Eretz Yisrael, I was thinking to learn about Rav Shmuel Eirbach, and he did not, and I was he did not want to accept me because I went to college, and I, the only reason he was begrudgingly willing to accept me potentially was because I said, well, your father is the one who told me to go to college. <laughs> Very nice. I went to a minion last night for the first time in, in, in almost two weeks. And um, it was the yard site of a person who needed a minion uh, at, a, at a house. I called upon him. So they asked me to say something. So uh, a machshava came to me. We know the Rambam says in the beginning of Hilchus Tefillah that the Shmon Esrei, the way it's Masudar, is based on a Daraisa recipe of Shevach Bakosh and The Rambam points to Psukim in the Torah itself that indicate that. It's based on the Gemara and Brochas on Daf, Lamed Dalid. And therefore, Ezra, Ubezdinoi, Anshiknesis Agdela, and all the iterations that developed the Amida were Maimed that the third, first, second, and third relate to Shevach Bakosh and and the question arises that how is the third part of the tefillah, starting with Ritzay, Birchas Ritzay, Birchas Havoida, uh, we know Birchas Moidim, of course, is, is Kulei Hoidoya, but how is Birchas Havoida and Birchas Sholem, Kapper, the Kli Hamachse Koa how is it that that is all called Hoidoya, especially as the Rambam indicates that that there can't be any bakoshas trochov, that it's all, as the Gemara says, ke'evid hamakabel shkvar kibel pras meirabli. In other words, the the the, med- the middle part of the of, of the amida is where you make your case, what you need. Whereas the end of the amida is already the you've already accepted. You understand that everything you've gotten, that you you realize that that the rabbanu shalom that you've been speaking to. Odin has given you so much and therefore even though you, you don't retreat from what you wanted you recognize how much you already have the first question is is that the, the, the three have a din of chativa achas in many ways and the shame that they have is a shame called that's question one it would seem that two thirds of uh, of it is not True, this, the middle the middle bracha is, but the first and third of those brachas are not. The second question is that l'chayra these are all these are bakoshas. Now, the answer seems to be clear. If you take a look in, in the whole Shmanesre, the term amcha yisrael isn't used until the end of the the brachas amtzoyus. You only say. The word Amcha Yisrael, although we, we mention God as our father, the only time we say that is in Shemat Peleinu. Finally, we say, As we end our Bakoshas, we realize that we are the Yam Hashem. Ritzay isn't about, it's, it's really, it's really that we are the Yam Hashem, that we have, HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants to bond with us to have a Mokom of Hishchina, to have a Mokom of Avedah, that is true. We want it back and we want it. But it isn't just because it's Tzayrach Rabbim. That's all part of Chidot to the Rabbi that we share with him this tafkid of bringing 
Shechina here in the Welt? Yes, of course, we're asking for it to be here. At the time of the Beis Hamikdash, when it was here, it, again, it was it was the recognition of how how elevated we are, how wonderful it is, how incredible the tafket is is to be Oyved Hashem through Avoid and through Karbonis. The same thing is true, I want to suggest, when it comes to Sholem. Nochem Eliezer Rabinovich says the reason why Birchas Sholem is Hoidah because it praises the Torah as Torah Chaim Biyavas Chesed. So we're, we're thanking God for the Torah. I would like to say the fact that we are being Mavake Sholem is itself a, a simon of the godless of Klau Yisrael, that we are the agents in this world for Asiyah Sholem in the Vilt. That the same way we are the ones who bring Shechina, the same way it's through us that there is a Musag Vavidus Hashem, and it's, it's, there's also this idea of Asiyah Sholem is Shaykh only through our Bakoshas to the Rabbi Nisholem. So when we ask God for Sim Sholem, that's however we, we know what we've been Makabal already. We realize what we've already achieved. The Rabbi Nisholem has set us up as the jewel of the Bria and to be Mavakish Sholem. To be Mavakish Sholem, especially for now in this matzav, to Mavakish Sholem for Klal Yisrael, to Mavakish Sholem, a Sholem Amiti, a Sholem that's a Sholem that would... That... What do you hold? You hold Sim Sholem is the Bakasha for, for Sholem in the Velt, or Bakasha for Sholem intervening in Klal Yisrael? It's everything. In other words, the fact that we... I think it's more the latter than the former. Say, Aleinu Bakol Yisrael Amechum. Let's say, Bakol Aum Kulam. Which will may will bring Sholem, right? <laughs> okay, but the main thing is the 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 uh, the bakasha for Christ. Through that, we are the conduits of Sholem, and that's why it's it's that's why it's birchas haydoya. The same way avoid is birchas haydoya that we are the 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 shutfim. We are the shutfim in asiyah Sholem, and therefore it's we 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 know we've already been makabel. This is what came to me. And especially as we end in terms of post-Thanksgiving, to be Mavaki Sholem is itself the greatest Hoidah that we have. The fact that we know that our Bakosha Sholem is important, and especially for the Matzav, every Chayal. And as we know, we're talking now that there is Afsokas Eish, there is the ceasefire. Bakosha Sholem is, is, is even more important. I know you join me together in this way. Take care, everybody. Be well. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you liked what you heard. If you did, please take a moment to share this or any of the many episodes available on our platform with friends in order to help grow our community. Until next time, Shalom.